Good morning, everyone. I want to apologize for not doing my podcast last week. It was such a busy weekend with family obligations and then, you know, trying to get ready for the work week type of obligations that I just did not um, find the time to fit it in. And I want to apologize for that. I've tried to be pretty regular with these podcasts um, so that it kind of has a flow to it. However, um, in saying that, I wanted to bring to mind, especially with everything going on in this world today, to pay attention to people around you. Um, don't live in the fear that society has placed. It is so tangible. It is so just like you can put your hands on it. Don't live in that place right now. Um, live in a place of compassion, a place of empathy, a place of grace, mercy. Understand that everyone, everyone is going through something. And this fear right now is so tangible for so many people. They've never been more afraid in their lives to live their life. Um, have So express grace and mercy. The grace and mercy that you would like to receive, even if you don't receive it, give it. I just want to put that out there. Extend hope to people. A lot of people feel really hopeless right now, really lost. We need to have, um, we need to be human again. We need to give forgiveness right away. Don't hang on to anything. You know, just let it go. Understand that everybody is going through something and we're not the only one. So that we can make the world a better place again. You know, so that we can extend hope and share it with other people. Anyway, that's my two-minute box top story. <laughs> um, and we're going to pick up with chapter eight. I think I'm going to break this one down a little bit more. Um so I feel like, you know, the other ones I just pushed through. And I may at times go back and revisit. I don't know. But um, this is the final chapter in the study, chapter 8. And I just want to take my time going through it um, because I believe there are so many things in it that um, could be missed or skipped if I push through, like, the rest of them. So... We're going to pause for a quick second, and then I will start with chapter 8, verse 1. All right, let's get started. Chapter 8, Song of Solomon, verse 1. This is our final chapter, but like I said, I want to break it down bit by bit and see what we can find in here, all right? You guys ready to go? Let's go. Verse 1. 
if only I could show everyone this passionate desire I have for you, if only I could express it fully. No matter who was watching me, without shame or embarrassment, verse 2, I long to bring my innermost chamber, this holy sanctuary you have formed within me. Oh, that I might carry you within me. I would give you the spiced wine of my love, this full cup of bliss that we share. We would drink our fill until... As I read this part of the chapter, I see someone completely surrendered to God, desperately desiring to share what she has with him to others who have not yet experienced Christ and the freedom that comes with knowing him. Maybe somewhat of a new believer, still unsure, timid, not sure if she would be accepted if she shares what she has received. And in all honesty, we were all there at one time. Sometimes I still struggle sharing with others because I don't know what to do if I'm rejected. Nobody likes rejection. You know, we all hope to be accepted and, you know, I mean, you don't have to agree with me, but to be accepted, you know, that my opinion or my view or my whatever, even if you don't agree with it, is something to think about. That's that's a form of accept, acceptance. You know, and, and also, you know, although I know it's not me that they're really rejecting, it sure feels like it is sometimes. But we have to remember that even Jesus was rejected and despised by men. So we are in good company. You know, I, I wanna I wanna mention something I noticed last weekend that broke my heart. And um I just, I, I mention it because I would like people to be more aware of the people around them. Have you ever, have you ever seen or met someone who had lost all hope? Um, there's just a sense about them that breaks your heart. And that you want so much to just hold them and reassure them that there is still hope, that there is still life, there is still love to be shared and experienced. I think maybe this is kind of what it's trying to say. Don't give up. Don't give up. 
you know, many times in my childhood, I had asked God before I went to bed to just let me stop breathing. That I just didn't want to face another day. It felt so hopeless, so empty of love, devoid of, of compassion and empathy. I felt invisible. I felt like I didn't matter. And that is such, there are so many people in the world today like this that we need to ask God to open our eyes and let us see them, to make eye contact with them, to let it be known that they matter, even in their circumstances even if they caused what they're living in, be it homelessness, be it drug addiction, be it bad life decisions. All we really want, what do we really want out of life? We want to be loved. We want to know we matter. And ultimately, God wants us to know we are loved. We do matter. He sent his son to die. And not just, Jesus didn't go, well, if I have to. He, he accepted all the responsibility that came with coming here. He knew there was no other way and he gladly came and sacrificed everything he had. He left everything he had in heaven and came and became a human being so that he could relate, so that we could relate to him. And he faced the most brutal death And what did he say before he died? He said, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. That's our example. That's who we need to emulate. Let's move on to verse three. Verse three, his left hand cradles my head while his right hand holds me close. We are at rest in this love. Promise me, brides to be, by the gentle gazelles and delicate deer, that you would not disturb my love until he is ready to arise. 
This is reminding us of earlier in chapter two where he speaks this exact verse over her and now she repeats it over him. It speaks of the joys of love. She is now speaking the same over him. She has come to know him more deeply and intimately. In Proverbs 3.16 in the Passion Translation, it says, Wisdom extends to you long life in one hand and wealth and promotion in the other. Out of her mouth flows righteousness and her words release the purity you impart. How gracious you have become. You know, the more the more we get to know God, the more we become like him. The more compassionate, the more graceful. And I meant to separate those. Um, the more merciful we become. Because we so desire to be like him the more he fills the voids in our life, the more we want to share the blessings, the mercy, the grace, that we, the forgiveness that has been extended to us. And I have Proverbs 3.16 in there because of how it says, his left hand cradles my head while his right hand holds me close. Wisdom extends to you long life in one hand and wealth and promotion in the other. Kind of goes back to the old saying, what we give, we get. We may not get it right away. We may not get it on this earth, but we will get it. So do you want grace and mercy and forgiveness? You need to extend grace, mercy, and forgiveness. His hand of protection, his left hand cradles my head while his right hand holds me close. Can you picture that? That's almost a passionate embrace. He holds my head. I kind of get a picture of, you know, how, how we hold a child, a baby, an infant in our arms, how we embrace them. One arm holds their head while the other one supports and wraps around the rest of their body. We are completely protected at that point. We are at peace. We are at rest. You ever watch a baby sleep? And ever wish? For that same peace, delight, delighting 
in their expressions as they dream, wondering what they're dreaming. You know, as a parent or a grandparent, we get to experience that. And I, and I always go, it always takes me back to an example of how God sees me and how he loves me. How do we love our children unconditionally? How do we love our grandchildren even more unconditionally? That's how God loves us. He delights in us. He sings over us. He, he's the proudest of proud parents. And he's the gentlest of gentlemen. He loves with such a depth that our minds can't even comprehend how much he loves us. We struggle with how much he loves us. With that, let's take a break right here. We'll pick up in verse four and continue through, I don't know, maybe I'll break it down. We'll do four and five and then we'll stop till next week. Okay, we're going to pick up here at verse 4. We'll do 4 and 5, and then I'll break that down, and that'll be it for today. And then next week, we'll pick up with verse 6. There's just so much in this that as I read over it, my mind is just exploding with pictures and expressions. So Song of, Song of Solomon, chapter 8, verse 4, the Passion Translation. Your life stands tall as a tower, like a shining light on a hill. Your revelation eyes are pure, like pools of refreshing, sparkling light for a multitude. Such discernment surrounds you, protecting you from the enemy's advance. Redeeming love crowns you as royalty. Your thoughts are full of life wisdom, and virtue. Even a king is held captive by your beauty. You know, a lot of times we think of beauty as an external thing. Oh, she's so beautiful. Look at her. She's just, oh my goodness, I've never seen someone so beautiful. And then that person says something and we think, oh, well, that's not beautiful at all. God, God doesn't see externally. I think he creates externally because we are vision oriented. However, our hearts are drawn to the internal beauty of a person. You know, I mean, have you ever heard the expression... I thought she was the most beautiful woman in the world. And then she opened her mouth. And the same can be said about men. He was the most handsome man I'd ever seen. And then he opened his mouth. Because beauty is not just 
skin deep beauty in all honesty true beauty is a heart thing true beauty comes from internal expression to external vision wow that's totally god because i would have never come up with that one that's that's good i should say that again beauty is an internal expression how did i say it i don't even remember i may have to play it back but y'all heard it the first time <laughs> that's how i know it's god because i can't i can't remember my words when i know it's him speaking we were created to express god's heart especially women there is a definite difference between the softness of a woman and the gentleness of a man. So, and, and in our society, I think we think of softness as a bad thing. Softness is, is not. We were created with the heart of God, the compassion, the empathy. Why do you think... Satan goes after women in, in their youth. Most of the trauma that we face in our life is in our childhood when we're the most vulnerable, we're the most impressionable. And why we should fight so hard to protect those young ladies, those young gentlemen that God has given us to raise it's because that is the true expression of God's heart if you've ever watched children and the life and the delight and the joy in their eyes is very transparent of their heart That's what it was. Internal beauty for an external vision. Whether we realize it or not, how we feel, especially as adults, is all over our face. And I can tell when I am expressing things um, I probably shouldn't be, my frustrations or whatever. I can tell it by looking at someone's, someone else's expression reacting to my expression. Um, for example, when I used to be in my job when I was a department manager and was having a tough day and a customer would come up and say, excuse me, and the minute I turned around and looked at them and they took a step backwards, it kind of told me what my, what my face looked like to them. And then immediately would say, Oh, never mind, never mind. You're busy. It's okay. Um, and that bothered me. It really bothered me that that was the expression, that I was not giving 
my, my face did not express the joy and love in my heart. It expressed the anger and frustration of the moment I was in. And unfortunately, that's kind of how I'm created. And I'm working on it. I'm not perfect. You can usually tell how my day is by your first look at my face when I think no one's paying attention. Um, but I'm working on it. I'm learning to extend myself some grace and ask for forgiveness from the people who initially see me and my expression. Thankfully, if I ask for forgiveness for that, people are usually pretty gracious and they're like, oh, no, it's okay. It's okay. I've, you know, I've had some rough days myself. And then there are others who are not so gracious and, you know, that's all right. I, I'm not going to hold that against them. I've been that person before too. I want to talk on this again, though. Your life stands tall as a tower, like a shining light on a hill. That's what we're called to be. We're called to be that shining light in the darkness. And right now, what do you see when you look out into the world? When you when you gauge people, when you look at their expressions, what do you see? Fear, first and foremost, pops in my mind, fear. Um, they're terrified. People are terrified. They're terrified they're going to die. They're terrified they're going to get this disease or they're going to cause someone else to get the disease from them and, and then that person's going to die and it's going to be all their fault. The one thing that I have had to continuously remind myself is what the Bible says. And the Bible says that our days are numbered from the day we are born and no one but God knows that number. Now, if I am sick, I'm going to stay home. If I am sick, I'm going to separate myself from family, friends. I will bow out of engagements that I have said I would attend. Even, and I've done that before this whole thing started. If I did not feel well, if I do not feel well, I do not go to work. Um, that's what sick days are for. However... I refuse to believe that if I am well, I can cause someone else to get sick. If my immune system is healthy, I cannot cause anyone else to get sick. If their immune system is not healthy, they will more than likely get sick, which is why you should be working at building your immune system whatever that looks like for you. But as a beacon, as a tower, shining a shining light on a hill, we are to project hope, love, grace, mercy, forgiveness. Everything that God has expressed to us, we are to express to others. We are to be revelation to others, pools of refreshing, sparkling light, redeeming love. We are to have thoughts full of life, wisdom, 
and virtue. We are to express that to others around us. Things that we so desperately want expressed in our life, we are called to express into others. So the next time you see somebody, and I'll end with this. So the next time you see someone who looks pretty beat up emotionally, they look like they're having a rough day, smile. They look like life is not treating them well. Compliment them. Lift their spirits however you can. Engage with them. Let them know that you see them. And if you see them, God sees them. We are his example. We are his light, his tower, shining light on a hill. We are to be beacons to the masses. We are not to be hidden in the masses. We are to be among them, but to stand out from them. Shining light, shining hope, forgiveness, grace, mercy, compassion, empathy. We need to be human again. The next time, I challenge you this week, anyone listening, I challenge you. This week, be that light. Somebody's wearing a shirt, that color looks good on them, tell them that color looks really good on you. Compliment them, male, female, I don't care. Even if you know they don't know what they are. Wow, I really like that color on you. That really brings out your eyes. You know, man, you're glowing today. Even if you just say, hi, how you doing? How are you? Let them know they are not invisible. They are not invisible. I think so many of us feel that today. We just blend in. We don't stand out. There's nothing different between me and anybody else. You know what? Stand out. Be brave. Be that person that is that beacon on a hill. This week, I challenge you. Encourage. Express hope and love. I'm going to pray us out here. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your grace, your mercy, your forgiveness, your compassion, your empathy, your love more than anything else. You so desired a relationship with us that you sent your only son. And not only did you send him, but he willingly came, knowing full well what was expected of him. Thank you. Forgive us if we take for granted the grace and mercies that you have extended to us on a daily basis. 
Thank you for waking us up. Thank you for giving us sight, hearing, giving us health. For all the little blessings that we so take for granted. Thank you. I ask, Father, that you open our ears and our eyes, that you allow us to see the people who feel invisible in our world today and this week going forward, that we make it our our, our mission this week to see the unseen and to extend love, grace, mercy, compassion, and forgiveness. In Jesus' name, amen. I hope you all have a wonderful week. We will pick up next week with verse 6, chapter 8, Song of Solomon. Have a blessed week.